Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Crazy. Today we have our first interview uh, featured in Season 2, and we're going to be talking to Jonathan Pasquale, who is the founder of Taproom Coffee and Beer here in the ATL. So without further ado, let's get started. Jonathan, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So we have um, Jonathan from Taproom Coffee. Um, so Jonathan, can you tell us a little bit about your business? Well, uh, Taproom Coffee has been around for the last six years now. Uh, we are a coffee shop and beer bar, primarily a coffee shop located in town, East Atlanta. Uh, in the Kirkwood neighborhood of Atlanta. And it is a, a pretty stereotypical uh, espresso bar, just like other coffee shops where you can come in and you can get, usually, not at this season, but <laughs> usually come in, order the counter, sit down, uh, and have a cup of coffee, have um, espresso or a regular drip, uh, or pour eat some pastries from the local bakeries. Uh, and we also have draft beer as well. But again, primarily a coffee shop, neighborhood hangout. People you know, work from here on computers as usual on the Wi-Fi and come and meet up friends. And uh, it is um, all, all the normal things of a neighborhood coffee shop. We hopefully ideally fulfill that. Um, things are a little weird in this season, but uh, yeah. but usually it is um, it's a great you know, neighborhood coffee shop hangout. Yeah, sweet. I, I like that um, that you also like sell beer. I think that's so interesting. Like I think yeah, it's, it's, it's smart too because it's, it's not like, um, you know, you're just morning type company. Right. More than anything, it was this fun kind of merging of coffee and beer, knowing mm-hmm. that they're very similar kind of beverages where people can catch up with friends over a certain drink. Uh, taking that idea that coffee is and saying, oh, beer's similar. Why don't we have both of those in one place? And so if people want to do uh, get together in the evening uh, but don't want coffee, maybe they're going to do that over some beers. Again, mm-hmm. it's only a small part of our business, but we are leading with it in the identity of the place and our concept and uh, what people think of as uh, what what we're all about and so that's why it's in the name taproom coffee mm-hmm. and it's in our branding it's in uh, the way that people share about our place so um it, it's a cool little hook of remembering that we are the coffee and beer place in atlanta um even though a lot of people primarily just use it as their neighborhood coffee shop yeah um so where did this like idea uh like begin like did you always want to like start your own business or start a coffee shop uh, I, I have the dream, like many people do, of opening my own coffee shop, of having that really romantic view of oh, this cool neighborhood spot where you go in and you know all the people in the neighborhood and everyone gets their usual coffee drinks and you sit down and chat with people. And um, the, the really cool thing is that now after years, um, I, I am living out that dream. You know, originally I had it and didn't know anything about coffee, didn't know anything about business, never ran my own or managed a, a place at all. And I didn't even drink coffee, uh, but <laughs> I, I had the same kind of dream that people think about um, with that uh, romanticized view of owning a neighborhood coffee shop. And mm-hmm. 
So I just, I really just took the journey step by step. Started out at Starbucks, had opportunities to um, grow in there doing uh, shift supervising and, and learning about the coffee industry. And then really quickly got some golden opportunities to open up coffee shops for other people and was able to essentially fulfill that role of what an owner operator does, but I didn't have to make the investment initially. Mm -hmm. And so for a few years, I was able to open up coffee shops and manage them for others. And then the time finally came for me to open up my own place and kind of put my own skin in the game. And that's what I did six years ago, but I've been in coffee for the last 14 years. Okay. That's smart. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that. that that makes sense then. So you kind of were able to get the the business side of things without the like full scary investment just yet. Yeah. And, and honestly, that is the way to go for anyone in any industry mm -hmm. before you risk it all on um, maybe a, a harebrained idea. Uh, at the very least, working for somebody else and still drawing a paycheck while learning. Mm -hmm. And so pe people come to me all the time just asking, you know, how, sh how should I do it or how did you do it? And I tell them really honestly and straightforward, like, best thing you can do is just get the experience and mm -hmm. do it on someone else's dime, not on your own. That's and true. you'll you'll benefit from it in the end. Mm -hmm. So you kind of touched on this, but um, like what steps, I guess, after you decided, okay, like, I'm going to go full in, I'm going to do this. Um, what were like some of the steps that you had to take in order to like do that? Uh, well, it, it definitely is step-by-step step in different stages. And so um, getting that experience is a, a big step. And so doing that while I was working for Starbucks and then these other people who I managed their coffee companies for them um, and all along the way, actually having a written business plan. And so I knew that from the beginning, that was going to be an essential element to finally getting my own place. And so I always was working on a little bit of a business plan on the side and putting ideas on paper and working out details and whatever challenges um, may come up. And mm -hmm. every place I got to open for somebody else, I was learning. I was um, seeing what the required steps were for um, for getting permits and starting a business and you know, hiring a, a new staff and training them and uh, working with the vendors and you know, doing all your equipment and layout and everything. And so again, it, it, each one of those is its own steps you have to go through. Mm -hmm. And I just acquired those over years of getting more and more familiar with it, um, finding out uh, what the requirements were and then doing it and learning from mistakes. Mm -hmm. Sweet. That's, that's definitely a lot of work. I mean, you, you definitely have to be uh, really motivated and passionate about it. Well, for anyone starting any business, mm -hmm. it, it does take the, the motivation and passion, but it also takes um, taking the right steps and doing things in you know, good business principles and wisely and taking your time and, and knowing who to talk to or what to do and the right, the right moves to make. So mm -hmm. not always about um, just about motivation and passion because that'll only get you so far, yeah. but then also doing what is correct. Yeah, that's true. Um, what, or did you have any like big standout like obstacles or anything that you had to overcome during that whole process or like even, you know, to this day and what are some things that you did like to get over that? Uh, well, any 
startup, any entrepreneur, any small business owner, um, one of the obstacles is money. And so I was just like everyone else in that. That was one of my main obstacles. So to start any business and especially one that's a brick and mortar and has mm-hmm. uh, a larger staff and has uh, a lot of equipment and physical space and furniture and all that, um, there, there is a lot that goes into the startup capital. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big chunk of change that most people don't have, especially uh, younger people who haven't saved throughout a career. Mm-hmm. And so I had to borrow all of that. Uh, and it was a, a huge chunk of change that I'm still paying off. And so mm-hmm. you know, right now I'm, I'm finishing up the sixth year of us being in business as Taproom. And um, this year will be the year that I actually pay off all of my startup debt. Oh, wow. Still, that's, so it, I mean, it, that seems fairly quick whenever you think of like general like whenever I think of like um, student loans and stuff like that I'm like yeah well take definitely a long compared time. to student so that, loans yeah yeah um, <laughs> so that's, but, but it, that's pretty good it was a big it was a big challenge that um I I met head on and, and just knew I had to borrow money I had to be good for it um in um a solid plan and and it's really um fulfilling um the the promises that I've I set out for um, those who believed in me and contributed, those investors and those families and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that, that certainly, again, was one of the biggest challenges was the money. And um, I could have used more upfront um, and it would have um, caused me to rest a little easier um, in the early years. Um, but uh, right now, especially through crisis mode with coronavirus stuff, it's, um, it is, uh, another worry just because uh, everyone's revenues are down and, mm-hmm. and still got to pay employees and that kind of thing. And, and we're certainly still open, um, mm-hmm. but have had to adjust. And then money is, again, an issue. And so yeah. we'll see how things go. Um, but uh, even if things were all normal, we would still be looking at, okay, can we make sure we're, we're paying off all our debts and all our operating costs um, mm-hmm. and, and then saving enough in the bank so that in case anything happens, uh, we are prepared financially. Um, so, so I'd say yeah. money is number one. Um, mm-hmm. and there's all the, the practical challenges of, um, again, the, what every business has to go through in permits and knowing who to talk to and, uh, what forms to file and how to mm-hmm. do accounting and taxes and bookkeeping. Yeah. All I think that. all of that is just yeah. so crazy. Like just whenever you think of like, just all the paperwork and like legal things, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, it's essential to have um, a good game plan and a good team behind you. And so mm-hmm. like, I, I pay the money for an accounting firm because I know I don't want to worry about any of that myself. Yeah. Um, and so uh, even though it might cost more, I know that I'm spending more time um, on really growing my business and, and doing the operational decisions that are not um, tied up in hours and hours of bookkeeping and, and trying to um, you know, track whatever receipts and, mm-hmm. and figure out taxes and all that kind of stuff. So um, my general philosophy is to specialize in what I know I'm strong in and the other stuff that takes a different kind of specialty. I don't need to learn how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I can farm that out to someone else and then it'll allow me to, um, to really focus on what matters, um, to grow the business and not mm-hmm. be spread too thin, um, not, not be focused on stuff that'll just suck me dry. Um, but uh, I can do the stuff that I love. Yeah. And in the long run, I mean, that could end up saving you obviously time, but money as well. Like, cause if you were to mess up or something, then. Oh yeah. So That's certainly nice a big to... risk in, in doing it yeah. all on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us about, you talked about like, you know, obviously with something like this, you have to have like a space 
And I noticed like on Taproom social media and from just talking to some of your employees before about um, like, what are some things that you do to like make the most of like the space that you have and like the business? Like I know you guys have done like open mic type things and like collaborations with other local businesses. Can you like speak to that a little bit more? Well, as far as the physical space goes, um, like any restaurant or um, anywhere else that has uh, brick and mortar square footage, um, if we had more space and could afford it, we would have more customers. Um, and so we have a limited number of, of seats and, um, and it, it is all a balance of what kind of atmosphere are we going for? Um, how, how long are we um, encouraging people to um, hang out or not? Um, and, uh, and how does that play into philosophy of what the concept of the business is and what the customer experience is? Um, so people can come to our space and because we have, um, you know, free seating and Wi-Fi, and we don't regulate it um, mm -hmm. very strictly, people can come and get a cup of coffee and stay for hours and people do that. Um, and so uh, it has to be a balance of those people who camp out and then those who are going to come in and out, like mm -hmm. either grabbing things to go or only hanging out for half an hour um, rather than three hours. Um, mm -hmm. And it's always uh, a balance and, um, and also goes into, okay, if more people are hanging out for longer then they are essentially paying for that experience in making this a co-working space and, um, and having the value of hanging out here just like they would in an office or a, a more community space. And so that means our prices maybe have to reflect that. So mm -hmm. getting a, a regular cup of coffee, um, you know, for us is, is 275 after taxes, but maybe at uh, some other place that they're only serving cheap coffee, grab and go, maybe they can get away with a dollar cup. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just one example. And there's so many things on our menu that um, are similar. You're, you're, you're buying an experience and not just a caffeine jolt and out the door. Yeah. Um, and so uh, all those are little decisions that, um, that are constantly being uh, evaluated, looked at overall, because um, it's all part of the bigger package of who we are as a business and what the customer experience is. Yeah, well, your lattes are amazing. I'll tell anybody that. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> or at thanks. least at, at ground floor, which I assume they're, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah, pretty standard the way that we um, make things and adhere to industry standards and, um, and have a high level of uh, quality that we try to maintain um, with ingredients and the skills for the baristas. Yeah, I can't really... I don't really like Starbucks anymore. Like after getting so used to like lattes um, there, I just, it's not the same. It doesn't there taste as good to me. <laughs> um, it can be a personal preference thing too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cause other people are like, ah, oh, no, eh, I like it. Um, what's been the best or like the most rewarding part of like owning your own business? Uh, for me, there's a lot of freedom that comes with owning my own business. Mm -hmm. and so that's freedom of, of time and schedule of balance with, um, you know, work home, um, life balance. And I really had been intentional from the beginning. So years ago, mm -hmm. uh, up through till now intentional about, um, saying, uh, I, I know what's important and I know that I want, um, those things to, to be, um, at the forefront, uh, as far as goals and, and ways that we, um, you know, are, are making decisions that then 
create a certain way of working or a certain atmosphere or whatever it is. And so I always knew I wanted to prioritize my family, my wife and kids. I have four kids at home. Uh, and uh, also other activities as far as like church. And I'm an elder at our local church that I'm mm -hmm. part of uh, starting um, uh, eight years ago. And so it's important to me that my life doesn't um, revolve only around the coffee shop and I'm not spending, you know, 60 hours a week uh, only working behind the bar and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted a good work-life balance. And so um, that's hugely important. And prioritize that from the beginning, make sure I hired right staff, we can rely on them and uh, create systems that uh, make it to where the, the shop almost runs itself. Mm -hmm. And with all of those things in place, um, I have been able to reap the benefits of essentially coming in when I want to and um, or only when I need to and spending a lot of time with really watching my kids grow up and being a part of their lives and uh, being you know, with my wife relaxed at home and not worrying about how things are going at the shop. Uh, and so it is a, a very rewarding experience to be able to say, okay, I am I have uh, something that is providing financially for my family, but that is also employing and providing financially for my employees. Mm -hmm. It's providing a wanted goods and service to the community. It's providing a place that is a, a community hub of sorts where people can connect and have this positive experience and be part of each other's lives. All those things put together are, are very rewarding elements of owning my business and then owning specifically this kind of a business mm -hmm. and doing it in the way that, um, that I've been able to. And it's, you know, it's a blessing. And I thank God for all of those ways that he's put it all together because I, I could try to force it all on my own and still fail at all of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, by his grace, I've, I've been able to actually live it out like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And a lot of people, you know, can't say you know your regular nine to five or anything there are so many jobs that, like you you definitely would not be able to have as much time you know with your kids or at home or mm -hmm. you know pursuing other things other than just your job <laughs> and I, I love the the nature of this specific industry too because at the end of the day it's just coffee and mm -hmm. so if if I mess up someone's latte, I can just dump it and make them another one. Yeah. Or if, you know, we drop the ball on something, it, it was a $5 experience for them. And they don't mm -hmm. have these super high expectations that their whole, you know, livelihood uh, hinges on it. So yeah. I, I'm not dealing with, with you know, people's uh, entire careers or their homes or their mm -hmm. health. Um, I mean, health in a very small way with something they're ingesting, but, mm -hmm. um, but it, in the end of the day, it's just coffee. And so it's a very lighthearted atmosphere. Um, mm -hmm. You know, mistakes are easily forgiven. And it's something that if, at its you know, kind of core of what it is, it already connects people and makes people feel good. And so it's a fun thing to, to have as the product that I'm, as the service. Mm -hmm. um, and so all, all of that helps with that. You know, overall feeling of a positive feeling towards my business. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to be a, uh, like a regular of some sorts at a coffee shop. And now that, uh, um, oh, yeah. that ground floor, so I'll mention real quick. So I know Jonathan through my boss, Trey, they're really good friends, but also, um, tap room, would you call ground floor like a sister company, I guess, kind of sort of. 
but uh, at no, Mount it's just a, where yeah, I work. <laughs> it, it is operated by us. So it's a coffee bar yeah. at the high school mm-hmm. um, that is operated by a tap room, but it doesn't show the name um, on front, but everyone there is a tap room employee and it's the same, you know, operations and systems and drinks, essentially same kind of ingredients as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and we just operate that, that coffee bar there. And I, I felt really cool. Like the first, I think maybe within the first week, oh, I go, I go to ground floor way too often, but within like <laughs> the first week, they ought to, like, they already knew my name and my order. And I was like, oh yes, I feel so cool. <laughs> That's and that's what we we try to we try to do that as uh, our style of customer service. It's actually mm-hmm. a priority of ours to know people's names, and so yeah, it's something we instill in our training and service um, is that we need to know people's names more than even their their drink. Um, mm-hmm. If we can connect with them on a personal level, then we've succeeded in the service that we're offering. And so we try to do that, and and hopefully that comes out anywhere we're operating, whether it's over there at Mount Vernon or it's at our main location at our coffee and beer bar. Yeah, it, it definitely has. I mean, I think that's a, that's a great thing that you guys do because it def it shows that, you know, you don't just care about business. Like you actually care about like people and their like well-being and how they're doing and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, could you, Okay, here we go. Um, what are some tips or advice that you would give to someone who um, maybe is trying to build their own business? Yeah, I, I would say there's some real, you know, basic uh, business principles and and uh, things you should be doing from the very beginning. Uh, one I already mentioned of making sure that you get experience in that industry of what you want to open up a business in. And mm-hmm. so if you don't have any experience and you just have an idea, um, maybe it isn't the best move to go ahead and open up your own place uh, without getting any kind of experience yeah. um, <laughs> working for somebody else. And so that, that's a big one. Um, another one is uh, to um, write a business plan. I already mentioned that one as well. Uh, make sure your ideas are on paper and that it's really fleshed out and that you are thinking through every scenario that you can, every area that you can in as much detail as you can, um, the most accurately as possible. Uh, so that when it actually takes on some some flesh, um, uh, that you are prepared and that you have uh, planned out as much as you can ahead of time and save yourself heartache and money and uh, all of that. And so writing a business plan is another very, very key thing, especially in the early stages, uh, also in later stages. Um, and then sufficient capitalization, so money, um, Definitely. Like, don't yeah. start it unless you actually have the money or you know exactly where you're going to get from. Because mm-hmm. um, even the best ideas um, that have been out there uh, in any industry, they fail because of money um, or have, have failed. Or there, there are lots of people who, who could have succeeded if they'd only been backed financially appropriately. Uh, and so making sure that you have access to that money before you pull the trigger um, is really, really key and, um, and will save people from... Uh, from folding too early. Mm-hmm. And so um, th- those are really basic, basic things that are across any industry and, um, and are true for almost anyone um, that needing to have experience, the plan, the money. Uh, and, and there are many other things that you could do depending on the industry, hiring great staff, having the right partners, if you have business partners, yeah, um, you know, all those kinds of things. But I think that the ones I mentioned as um, those first ones are, are really mm-hmm. core. And um, I think 
this is the last question I've got for you. So obviously this whole COVID-19 thing is happening and we're uh, mm -hmm. talking over Zoom, but um, how are you keeping the coffee shop running during this like weird time? And is there anything creative that you've been doing to help the business? Um, well, you know, early on in, in the crisis or early for us in Atlanta, uh, I was already hearing what was going on in other countries, other cities. And so started getting a little bit nervous of, okay, something's going to come and we have to be ready. Mm -hmm. uh, and so before any of the restrictions officially came through with, um, with Atlanta or uh, our county um, or, you know, the whole state or the whole country, mm -hmm. um, really, we were, we were try starting to try to prepare. And so um, we were looking at uh, what would it look like if we had to um, do curbside pickup or, uh, or delivery even, mm -hmm. and so started the ball rolling in getting us um, uh, set up with an app where people could do pickup, order ahead pickup. Uh, and um, sure enough, like right when um, things started hitting, we were, we were prepared um, and we could roll it out almost immediately. And mm -hmm. we rolled out a, a, a curbside pickup app um, the day before um, they shut down all of the uh, cafes um, or oh, wow. restaurants and bars. And so um, it seemed like we were just barely ahead of what the official restrictions were. Mm -hmm. And um, because we were prepared, they gave us um, uh, a little bit better footing with um, finances and you know a little bit of lead time getting our customers on board and getting them used to the whole format. Um, so uh, that was really key. Um, you know, we transitioned really well um, to the, the models of pickup and delivery. Uh, for one, because of the nature of our product, so people are already used to doing those kinds of things with coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also you know, being prepared with the technology and then um, one of the things that we introduced was um, a little bit of a, a connection with community and uh, helping others out during this time, but then also doing something that um, produced income for us and, and made it to where more financially uh, sustainable. Um, we did this thing called Coffee Grams, um, where yeah, we said, I okay, if, if we can get people to still buy bags of coffee, uh, but not for themselves. They can do it for other people. And mm -hmm. so... Um, we said, hey, you buy a bag of coffee at regular price and we will hand deliver it to whoever you want and um, do it uh, with a handwritten note that you tell us what to write, we'll write it. Um, and we did it for specific um, sets of people in different industries. Um, so we started out by saying, um, you know, teachers are, have been really hard hit and they're having to work remote. Um, and are still trying to uh, juggle all these things in life. And so let's, mm -hmm. um, let's shower some teachers with some love. And so um, people bought coffee grams for teachers. And, um, and we sent out you know, 50 in the first, first batch of those. Oh, wow. Um, and and uh, same for healthcare workers. Um, and then uh, we did them for service industry people who are you know, food and restaurant um, or uh, uh, food and beverage businesses, our sister industry um, folks. And... Uh, and then we were able to do sets of those where people are still buying coffee and we're the ones selling it to them. But in the format that we put together, um, it, it tied in with people helping each other and being connected in community. Mm -hmm. um, so it still got us sales. It still got us to where we, um, we can pay the bills and, and keep people employed. 
but gave people an opportunity to connect to each other. So we're still running that. Uh, we actually have an active campaign right now to get more people to sponsor um, uh, bags of coffee or, or gallons of iced coffee for healthcare workers. We're doing uh, a second set for healthcare workers. And we drive out the orders to them. And so people can nominate people within a, a three-mile radius and um, just submit all the information online. And, and if people want to sponsor and contribute to the available number of coffee grams, um, they can. And then uh, we load them all up in our cars and, and drop them off a certain day of the week. Um, and so uh, that has been a very unique project that we've mm -hmm. done um, that has, has, again, helped us to stay afloat financially and then also help to connect people yeah i'm sure i'm sure everybody who's received this has just absolutely loved that oh yeah we've had multiple stories of uh people when they receive them they break down into tears because um, <laughs> it's just one of those things of like oh somebody cares and it's, yeah. a, it's a personal note and and it, it's it's uh, encouragement it's um, um something that just brings a, a a bright spot to this crazy time that we're in mm -hmm. And what are some things that, like, for the listeners, what are some things that um, people can do, like, to support local businesses at this time? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot you can do um, for the places that are still open. It's buying stuff from them. Um, mm -hmm. And it is, is doing it in a way um, that uh, uh, whatever they have available, like, take advantage of it. So for a lot of places right now, they're just trying to stay in business by um, mm -hmm. saying uh, you can buy gift cards and use them later. That's a great way. I mean, people did that in the first few days of this crisis. For yeah, us, I think that's really it, smart. Um, it really helped us out, uh, again, just to be in a better financial footing um, to weather the storm. Mm -hmm. uh, and others um, that unfortunately have had to close, uh, but are still, you know, basically that they're, they're temporarily closed. So you can still buy gift cards from them. You can still uh, support their staff. There's a lot of virtual tip jars that are out there on Venmo or PayPal or whatever that uh, people are doing GoFundMe campaigns. Um, contribute to those because those are directly going to people who are unemployed or you know, temporarily furloughed or under, um, you know, employed or like aren't getting as many hours, even if they are still open, all that kind of stuff. It, <laughs> it helps. So yeah. um, everyone right now I know as it is advertising through social media or their websites or whatever, they're advertising what they have possible in ways to support them. So Pick a few. Um, if you're if you're the customer, if you're the consumer, pick a few that you love, um, that you patronized before, um, or people who are close to you in your neighborhood, and um, just do whatever they're recommending. So if it's buying gift cards, do that. If it's saying, if it's you know getting something built for your house, do that. Mm -hmm. Every little bit helps um, in this time, and so I'm thankful when someone you know puts in an order for even just a latte being picked up or you know orders one of the coffee grams um, when we're doing one of these campaigns um, every little bit helps and so because of all those little bits for me it's all um, equated to um, us being relatively okay uh, surviving through the down um, you know through this season and mm -hmm. being able to still employ everybody and um, still have a, a, a path forward through it where we can stay in business and and everyone can keep their jobs through it yeah definitely well thank you so much for uh, for talking with me today I think uh, I think the listeners are going to enjoy this one well, thanks for having me Ricky. I want to give Jonathan another thank you for being on this episode and um kind of letting us know his process of how he started his own coffee company. 
Um, I also wanted to mention how during this, you know, crazy time, how you all and myself can support local businesses, including Taproom. Um, first of all, go ahead and, uh, if you want, feel free to give Taproom a follow on Instagram. It's at Taproom Coffee. Um, I'll also be linking them in our Instagram's post. Um, and you can, uh, check out more about them at taproomcoffee.com. Um, I wanted to mention a website that I found called Give and Get Local. It's giveandgetlocal.com. Um, it's a website made by Square. And uh, if you know what Square is, it's like a platform that a lot of um, local businesses use for uh, their payment methods. But Square has made this website, and it's where you can type in your zip code, and it'll help you find local restaurants and services um, and we'll link you to buy e-gift cards from them. Um, like Jonathan mentioned earlier, um, you know, a great way to support some local companies uh, right now is by buying e-gift cards from them um, that supports them now. And we'll, you know, you can use in the future once all these things open back up. Um, or you can also um, check with businesses that you um, would normally go to um or just our local around you that you haven't tried out before and see what they're doing at this time uh, to stay in business and what you can do to help them out. A lot of people are offering uh, delivery services or curbside pickup. Um, so be sure to, you know, look around and see what you can do to help those, especially if you're fortunate enough, um, like I am, to still have your job at this time. Um, so see what you can do to help others as well. Um, and also, like, Look into uh, tipping even more than you normally would. Um, I know some places like Taproom has done this, has started a Venmo for um, their workers um, to get tips because they're not getting nearly as much as they normally would. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that um, and just just see what you can do to, to help out uh, those local companies that are around you because this is a super weird time. Um and, you know, we can all be in this together um, even when we're apart. So that's it for this episode. Um, be looking out for another episode soon. And remember to keep chasing crazy. Music.